Happy and blessed 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. I hope you guys are having had, are having a good extended weekend, enjoying it with family and friends. Thank you for joining the journey. This is a conversation on leadership, culture, and creativity. My name is Vidal, and as always, I am grateful that you guys allow me to have this quick conversation. Um, especially if you guys have subscribed. Thank you so much for subscribing. Whatever you get in your podcast, love for you guys to either like it, join, subscribe, and especially if you can share it. Uh, man, that, that will really make my day. The book is Romans chapter 14, and this is the place where Paul is going to continue the conversation. This is a brand new literary unit. Paul is turning kind of the conversation into a new direction after spending two chapters on a very specific kind of a, you know, relationship-related uh, topics where he begins with concentric circles uh, between Christians and Christians. I'm, I'm picturing homes, you know, uh, family nucleus, church nucleus, and then he moves into Christians and society, and then eventually Christians and government. And now in chapter 14, he's going to go into, this is what it means, let's put it into practice. I really believe that chapter 14 of Romans really applies and helps us to navigate and to focus on a celebration such as Independence Day for any country, not just our country. And, and the reason why is because Paul is speaking, again, through the author of the Bible, which is the Holy Spirit, is speaking to a group of people at a specific time in human history, which in this case is the epicenter of culture, meaning Rome, the church in Rome, and is speaking over a subject that we don't believe, I don't believe, we don't see that the church is asking for the subject, but Paul sees the need. This is kind of the divine and the human intervention where they, these people, needed the intervention of God through the teaching, through the apostleship and the leadership and the obviously overseeing of someone like Paul. And the conversation has to do with, tragically, the misunderstanding of the word freedom or liberty. And any time that you and I, any time that they, you and I, move away from the biblical worldview of words and the meaning of words, we get into so much trouble. And Paul is going to illustrate that in this letter of Romans, specifically in chapter 14. For some reason, I get the impression that after all these years of our independence and our freedom, we are exactly in the same boat. I think we're missing, we have misunderstood, we are misapplying uh, the concept of freedom and liberty. And I'm saying that because tragically we're a generation that we are known by conveniently or naively translate freedom into simply autonomy. A lot of times we perceive this concept of freedom as if, you know, we're all for being free from, we just don't agree on what we're supposed to be free to or for. In this case, you know, what we're we moving into. And a lot of this is why I'm using the word autonomy, because most of us, we translate this concept of liberty or freedom as in, okay, I'm glad that I don't have, we don't have this bondage, this oppression, you know, just talking about the history of the United States. But now, since we're free, now we can do and say and legalize and, you know, do whatever we want because we're free. See, that's, that's exactly a contradiction of terms. That's exactly the opposite of what freedom is actually represents and is understood. Now, to go back into the basics of life and, the, and Christianity, freedom in the Bible describes precisely who we are free from and who we are free to. And when I say to, is towards. You know, we're moving into someone. We're, we're being free from someone and then moving into another or a new relationship. In this case... In my mind, I'm going to the Old Testament. I'm picturing um, whether there is, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking of circumcision, the representation of the cutting 
of uh, the foreskin and the symbolism, how God is basically telling Abraham through this experience, religious experience, I'm basically communicating to you, reminding you, sim uh, you know, symbolically, I'm telling you that I'm setting you apart for me. But in the same manner, if you disregard, if you misinterpret, if you misapply, or you completely violate the reason why I'm setting you apart for me, in the same manner, same illustration of cutting off, I will cut you off from me. So if I'm setting you apart for me, in the same manner, I can set you apart from me. Which, by the way, speaking to Abraham, that's exactly what you're coming from. You're coming, you're coming from the, the, the understanding that you were set apart in the past. You were set apart from me. I brought you into a relationship. So once again, here, here's the kind of a, the both end of the conversation. You were set apart from. I brought you into to be set apart for me. From me, for me. And if you disregard, and if you, once again, abuse, misunderstand the word set apart or freedom in this case, I will set you apart from me again. All that I'm trying to say is that this is the concept of covenants. This is the concept of contractual relationships based on a non-covenantal mindset, which is the heart and the mind of God. Meaning, you know, the, the hesed, the, the, the love, the pursuing of our hearts, which is exactly where the conversation begins. I want you to translate everything I just explained to this understanding of freedom for our country, for our generation. We are free. Yes, we are. We have liberties. Yes, we are. God help us, because we are definitely misusing, misrepresenting that understanding by acting, behaving, thinking, having a worldview that reflects autonomy. And, and I'll just be completely honest with you. Obviously, you don't have to agree with anything that I say, but I can assure you, I can assure you that there's not such a thing as autonomy. I will argue, I will complete, completely you know, state before you that the only autonomous person is God. We, we discover that in chapter 13. If you go back to 13, the relation between Christians and government, Paul reminds the church that Christians are supposed to obey. And obviously, the obedience is limited. The obedience is always limited. Whoever is in authority, as long as it does not contradict the supreme authority, the autonomous authority, which is God and God alone. So all that I'm trying to tell you is that any time that the government, any time that institutions, any time that families, any time that churches, any time that people like you and I, we think or behave with the mindset, with the again, with the ethical understanding, ethical decisions, worldview, that we are autonomous. And, and by autonomy, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Autonomy basically implies, once again, that I'm original, I can do as I please, no accountability, no consequences. And, and you and I know that that's completely, uh, those are myths. That, that's a lie. Every single thing comes back and brings repercussions, either for life or death. Uh, tragically, we are a generation that we, even if we were to know that or acknowledge that, I just don't believe or think that we necessarily care whether this is true or not. I think we have... Uh, make the mistake, which again, I'm just going through history, whether it's the book of Romans or any other um, season of the life of the people of God, that we take that freedom, we exalt it, we idolize it, and eventually we demonize it. And we forget that freedom is something that happens to us. Freedom is not something that we create nor we pursue, because I'm gonna say that again, the only free individual is God. And in His mercy, that freedom is conveyed to us, is given, is imputed, is transferred. The question is how? How did that happen? Because again, the same thing that as a country eventually is free, which again, a 
lot of countries are not. But in our case, eventually we became free. There is obviously a history how freedom was, was not accidental, was purposeful. There was a price to pay, pay for that freedom. We celebrate that, right? So, so the same thing happens when it comes to the actual freedom of God. The freedom of God given to His children, given to His people, there was a price that was paid. And, the, it, it, and again, this is a hard conversation to have, uh, but we, we must take the opportunity when we are celebrating freedom because since, see, one, one of the components, one, one of the, uh, uh, I guess, symptoms of autonomy is to believe that all that God requires or all that life requires is morality. Is for you and I to simply behave correctly or behave in a manner that is acceptable. Every once in a while, you know, we got a kind of a setback and then we kind of a pull ourselves back again. And see, that's exactly autonomy. That's not where the conversation, the conversation never begins on us trying, you know, making the effort, achieving and, and, and successes and all that. The conversation always begins that humanity, you and I, we were born in bondage. We are slaves to self. We are slaves to death. We receive from our fathers, from Adam, the first Adam, the inheritance, the, 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 the accreditation, the, the, the imputation, the transferring of that bondage, which is the result of disobedience, the result of defiance, the result of uh, what we might call a treason before God. And then you get that, you know, which again is the Adam domino effect. But also, if we're honest, we have also enjoyed doing that ourselves. So sin has a legal component that we don't have a choice. We gotta sin because that's that's who we are, not just what we do. Um, I'm speaking before Jesus. And then sin is always something that because of the legal component. Now there is that concept of the understanding that this is something that we definitely enjoy. So if you were to think about freedom, freedom obviously is first and foremost from God, from the from the uh, consequences of sin, which is pretty clear that the wages of sin is death. So God frees us from that, delivers us, and gives us liberty by placing that sin, that uh, uh, consequences, the wages of sin, places on Jesus Christ. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus goes to the cross. His death is nothing else but the reminder of the seriousness, not simply of what we have done, but who did we do it against to, which is the holiness of God, which is exactly the one thing that needs to be feared. So in Jesus, the freedom is that now we are free to look at the holiness of God, to see the majesty of God and the righteousness of God. And before we were free, that was lethal. It's consuming fire. And anybody who rejects this message of salvation will face the reality because every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. But in Jesus, the beauty of Jesus is that now we are free. So the same holiness, the same righteousness, the same majesty, the consuming fire of God now has become beneficial in Christ because Jesus absorbed the lethal component. He, he the one who knew no sin, for our sake became sin. So all that that I want to just remind us on a beautiful celebration such as Independence Day, the beautiful reminded of uh, the, the beauty of, again, uh, of, of how our country exercises this freedom. Let's just be reminded that freedom is not a synonym of autonomy. That freedom is simply the ability given by the Holy Spirit to say yes to the gospel. That is true freedom. That unless God enables, unless God empowers our generation to say yes to the reality, that freedom is simply the ability to say yes to God's 
boundaries, God's structure, God's protection. Obviously, the protection that we need, just like the people of God in the book of Romans, the protection that we need, like the people of God in the Old Testament and throughout generations, probably is self. Uh, we, we are the number one enemy to our very own uh, you know, joy and stability and freedom for that matter. So hopefully as we, again, remind ourselves and enjoy our time together with friends and family as we look at the extended weekend and you guys were able to be with those that you love the most, would you remind each other that this is a time where we look at the freedom in Jesus Christ that is reflected through the nations, through society, through family, through individuals, people like you and I, and the freedom that we have today was paid by Jesus Christ. He is the one who established, who set the parameters and paid the price of our bondage so we can be free today. And that freedom today is reflected on the way how we treat one another. So the freedom that we have is to forgive one another. The freedom that we have is to exercise the mindset, the values, the understanding, the worldview of Christ. Otherwise, we will go back into the detrimental, into the self-inflicted pain that has been known throughout human history without God. And, and you don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Or we don't want to continue to do that. At the same time, on a celebration like this, we want to be reminded that part of the freedom that we have is not simply to recognize that God is in His throne, that He rules over everything, but that He has made us co-participants. And as we think and pray over our nation, and you and I know that we need that prayer, the beauty of this freedom is not simply that we got that freedom of expression, freedom of religion, but the beautiful freedom is that we get to choose and to pray to the one true God. And my friend, that is true freedom. I hope you are enjoying your celebration. I hope you are enjoying this freedom. And I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless, and we'll see you guys next time.